Here we go, episode 102 of the Hardline Sports Talk. Michael Merlo, John Michael Masiri, here with you, JM. End of July, camp. Teams are reporting a camp. MLB trade deadline season. How are we doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's in the air, man. It's in the air. You could smell the grass. There's just everything. The football. You could smell that fresh pigskin. We're we're right there. I mean, we're right. right. Hall of Fame game. What are we? A week away now? From today. So when this yeah. episode releases, you're less than a week away from a yeah. full football game going on. Which, by the way, I would like to say, like, yes, it's cool that my team's in the Hall of Fame game, but my excitement level is like a 2 out of 10. Like, who are we going to be watching actually playing this game? You know, know, Salah just said Rodgers, he probably isn't going to play a preseason game. Maybe against the Giants he'll play. He's, he's, saving, he's saving him for the Giants. He's a little yeah. scared of that game. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, we got we got to deploy Rodgers for that one. Right, the right, right. The Giants. Oh, so it's fine. You know, I'm sure Jones will be playing it all. And, you know, you'll yeah. face Tyrod or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Anyway, you were at Jet Camp over the weekend. That must have been very exciting. It was. Um, yep. Looked amazing. Yep. The buzz was in the air. Uh a lot of jerseys, a lot of new jerseys. I bought a Rogers jersey myself. I got uh Garrett Wilson signed my hat, which was awesome. So uh yeah, I mean the buzz, you know, around not just the Jets, but just around the NFL. It's great. I think the NFL is in a great spot right now. I mean, when is it not? And I think we're all just super psyched for the season to start. I can't wait. Crazy buzz around this NFL season and a crazy buzz around the Jets, especially. Um, in this town. I mean, we feel it 100%. I mean, I'm not a Jets fan, and I am super excited to just watch this team play. I'm super excited for week one against the Bills, which is a huge game for many reasons, which we'll get into when we get closer um, to week one, but lots to do. Uh, Sean Payton was running his mouth today about his former, uh, his, uh, the coach that he coached before him. Uh, he was running his mouth about the Jets a little bit, so we're going to talk that right now. Uh, but some trade deadline stuff, you know, the Mets and the Yankees played, and that was really it. They split. Yeah, uh, ba- baseball's dead in my mind for yeah. me. I'm pretty sure it is for you as no, well. No, talk football. about the buzz with football last. I mean, football. I'm sorry. The buzz with the Subway Series for the City Field Series versus the Yankee Stadium one. I feel yeah. like it was a complete 180. Like there was nothing. For the Yankee Stadium series, I think because yeah. people, it's just a different point, it's a later point in the season, and people are just fed up with both teams. Well, even last season too, um, you know, when we got to August, which was the second um, series, which was when the Mets and the Yankees played in Yankee Stadium, yes. there was less buzz for that one as well. The Yankees had kind of dropped off a little bit; they weren't as hot as they were. The Mets weren't playing great in August as right. well. So, yeah, it's late in the season right now. Both teams are you know, really difficult to watch. They're not, they're not fun watches. They're both just really not fun to watch. So I think that's why he really had no buzz uh, with this one at all. And I'm not surprised, but anyway, let's start here. Uh, Lots to talk about with the jets, but Sean Payton, you know, Sean Payton uh, did an interview with USA today and, you know, the article came out um, Thursday and he made some very interesting comments. We'll pause on the jets thing for a minute because that was just completely out of nowhere. Right. His comments about Nathaniel Hackett and the past coaching staff. You know what? I don't really, you know what? They it was so bad and you could see how bad it was. And even there was numbers. He brought up pre-snap penalties on both sides. You can, okay, fine. I mean, I'm not a fan of him completely bashing him, Hackett and that coaching staff. But like, we all knew it. Like, it's it's not, it's just out there. Right. It's, you know, we all knew how bad that coaching staff was and how much of a dumpster fire it was. 
But to call out the Jets in the way he did kind of just felt completely unnecessary, especially when you play that team week five. Like, that made no sense to me. Right. I just thought the whole thing just came across as classless, as arrogant. You know, I mean, Sean Payton, don't get me wrong, a respected guy in the league. And like Salah said, he's been in the league long enough. He could say whatever the hell he wants, which is true. But it's kind of like, I don't have a problem with the Jets thing. I have a little problem with it, but I'm not going to get up and, and upset about it, whatever. The Nathaniel Hackett thing is what I really have the problem with, and it's regardless of if he's the Jets' offensive coordinator or not, I don't care. I just think it's like it's basically kicking a man when he's down. Like, Nathaniel Hackett came over from Green Bay. It didn't work out. You know, there was a lot of drama going on with Russell Wilson and saying that he had all these commodities and – you know, he had his own masseuse and he had his own office in the building and blah, 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 blah. And they gave him the five-star treatment. And then the whole season comes crashing down and Hackett gets fired before the season even ends. So for Sean Payton to come into the situation where the bar is about as low as it could be because it can't get any worse than what it did with Nathaniel Hackett to come into right. that situation and just start, you know, claiming all this BS and saying, oh, that, you know, that it wasn't these guys fault which which you're right the writing's on the wall we know how bad hack it was and we know how bad the coaching staff was it's no surprise that the team underachieved but for you to not have coached a single game with this team to not have achieved the single thing with this team yet and just to come in and start bashing the previous head coach and basically i feel like he's making himself look better i mean that's all what, it, what it's about he's just saying oh well i'm sean payton and i'm here now and you know we don't have nathaniel hackett anymore so this team is definitely going to be better it's just, you know, it's classless. Go out there and show it, right? Go out there. And, and listen, I'm very high on this Broncos team. And, and one of the first things in the article is, um, you know, he had basically said to the, the reporter, I'm just going to come out and say this. If we don't make the playoffs this year, I'm going to be really pissed. Right. And you know what? There are very high expectations internally for this team because of what they've added. They added a lot to this offensive line. Uh, they expect Russell Wilson to have a bounce back season with a better offensive line with healthy receivers, healthy running back. We'll get into the Broncos when we get into the Broncos. It was just crazy to hear this. I'll say this about the comments about the Jets. Okay. And, you know, the Jets didn't want hard knocks and the Jets didn't want to be, you know, this ma major story. They're the story of the league. They're every eye is on the New York Jets this year. There's no doubt about that. So, my problem, though, is like the Jets didn't choose to be on hard knocks. Right. And he mentions, oh, look at the Jets. You know, they're going out there, glitz and glamour. You know, I forget the exact words he used, right. but they're putting themselves out there. Right. The Jets didn't choose to put themselves right. out there like that. What are they supposed to do? Not yeah. go out and get a, a, a future Hall of Fame a, quarterback yes. and improve their team? I understand what he's saying. Teams that don't, you know, teams that usually win the offseason the way the Jets have doesn't usually lead to, you know, a Super Bowl right away. I mean, Right, it happens. But I've seen my baseball team win the off season twice and hasn't worked out. Right. I've seen you, you see other teams win the off season, the right. Nets, you know, just specifically in this town. Yeah. It's difficult, yeah. but the Jets have put themselves in a perfect situation right. to go out there and succeed. Right, you know, it, I, that's a great point. I think the whole tone of what he was saying is it's 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 jealous, it's butthurt. Like I don't know how else to say it because. Like you said, what did you want the Jets to do? They improve their team. It's not like Robert Sala and uh, Joe Douglas and other guys are coming out and saying, 
we got a Super Bowl team on our hands right here. I get, right. you know, it's not Rex Ryan guaranteeing the Super Bowl. You know, we're not doing that. So why is Sean Payton coming out and saying, oh, well, you know, you win the offseason, then what the hell does that mean? It's like nobody even brought up the Jets. What do you care? It's like he's got something against Hackett, against the Jets. I don't know what his problem is. But listen, Sean Payton's a successful head coach in this league. He's no Bill Belichick level of a coach. You know, if he had five rings under his belt and was of that level where he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, okay, I'd still disagree with what he's saying with, but I'd be like, huh, it is Sean Payton, but it isn't Sean Payton. The guy's got one ring. You know, he had a fantastic quarterback his whole tenure with the Saints. The quarterback leaves. They kind of start to deteriorate, and then he's kicked out the door. He's got the bounty gate under his belt. He's got, you know, he doesn't have a perfect resume. So no, he doesn't. For him to just be saying all this stuff, like I said, it's 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 a, it's butt hurt. It's it's just weird. Like it's weird. It's when someone just starts talking crap about you, and you're like, say anything. And I'm like, what? They got some sort of ulterior motive, and I think that's what the case is with Sean Payton here. He's got some little insecurity ulterior. It's like, it's like you know when at school when a girl starts talking crap about another girl about how you know well she's not really as pretty as people say she is, and they're like. Nobody even brought her name up. Like, why right. are you bringing this up right now? Are you just insecure that you're not pretty? It's the same exact thing. Yeah, it's 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 very weird. Um, you know, if Sean Payton is able to turn this team around and they're able to go to the playoffs and have all the success, you know, he's gonna look he's gonna look amazing. I mean, he yeah. may. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not. We can discuss that. He might lock himself into a Hall of Fame right. um, uh, induction if he's able to turn this team around and get them to the playoffs and possibly make a run. And it's going to be because of how bad Hackett was and how he's able to turn this team around. Right. Didn't make sense. I, un- I, to a degree, understand what he's saying about his team's not out there and his team's not in the spotlight, and maybe he likes that. Well, guess and what? I- his team was in the spotlight last year. Right. Like, does he not realize that? Does he not realize his team did the same exact thing? You, tr- you had no quarterback. You traded for Russell Wilson. And was that not the story of the offseason last year? Where and the Russell, Broncos is not one of the biggest stories. Do you remember all the hype around the AFC West? Talking about the Broncos and the Raiders. And, oh, my God, we might have four playoff teams coming out of the AFC West this year. And Are the Broncos a legit threat? They're on Monday Night Football for week one. Broncos, Seahawks, Russ's return to Seattle. And he's got the balls to come out here and say, oh, well, you can't win the offseason. And, you know, the, they want all the spotlight and blah, 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 blah. It's just, a, I mean, what a hypocritical and just BS take. And by the way, Russ is a very outgoing guy last season, confidence, which he should have had. I mean, going into the year, they had a good team and they should have confidence going into a season. But um, just interesting comments from Peyton. Uh, We'll see what happens. Week five should be very, very interesting. I thought Salah, um, the Michael K show was at Jet Camp today. I thought Salah handled the questions very nicely, Mm -hmm. uh, even during the press conference. Um. And again, you know, Salah is not this overconfident guy. Salah's, you know, and I and I've had my issues with Rob Salah, but you know, he's cool, calm, collected. Maybe a little too cool and calm and collected the way he sounded today. But either way, he's you know just comfortable and knows the pressure, understands the pressure, and knows they have to get the job done. Right. Um, speaking of your New York Jets, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Wow, what a um. What a job by him, I have to say. As he's not my favorite human being. Uh, I've definitely ripped him a few times. A $35 million pay cut uh, to help the Jets out. His cap hit is nothing this season. It's a lot of dead money, you know, in yep. like 26, 27, 28. You worry about that then, obviously. Yep. 
not right now, but um, great job out of him. I mean, he is just completely acclimating himself to New York with the fans, with his teammates, with the media, as well as I think he could have handled it. I mean, I am right. shocked with the way he's handled this. Right. Yeah, I think any sort of doubt that anyone for whatever reason had in Aaron Rodgers to say that it was it's he's a little fake and you know maybe he's not so worried about winning and he just kind of wants to come to New York and end his career here and end in the spotlight and make the money and blah 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 i think that puts all of those thoughts directly to bed i mean what other sport or yeah sport anything have you seen someone take such a massive pay cut for it wasn't for no reason but for Aaron Rodgers sake there was really no reason there's no other incentive to it like there's no catch to it right he's literally just giving up 35 million dollars taking a pay cut so the jets can go out and spend more money and i think it proves that he cares about winning obviously you know every football player cares about winning like it's you know it's a stupid take to say he doesn't care about winning but he really cares about winning and he's committed to this team and i don't think just for this year i think it's he's making it pretty clear barring any physical setbacks or a jet super bowl he makes it sound like if he wins the super bowl he's basically going to ride off into the sunset which i am perfectly okay with but um it's <laughs> for now like you are this is going to be a, you are right it seems like this is going to be a multi-year thing oh by the way i see that thing all the time which is like would you would you get a sacrifice 10 years of misery for like one super bowl a hundred percent like i would go i would take a super bowl and then suck for 10 years a hundred percent. You can't even like just think about it. If you win a Super Bowl every ten years, I'm not. I'm not saying you can repeat this process, but if you win a Super Bowl every ten years, that's a pretty special franchise. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's been about ten years, a little longer than ten years since the Giants won a Super Bowl. So I'm trying to yeah do the math about how painful it was. And it was a little, little more than ten for my franchise. Just a little. Yes. Just yeah. <laughs> but um. But anyways, I mean, yeah. That that's it. He's. It's it is crazy how much money this guy gave up. I yeah. I couldn't believe it. And you know, just to think about what that means in the locker room. I mean that, that that's huge. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy is serious. Obviously, like you mentioned, he's serious about winning. Ser- I mean, the Jets were in an impossible situation. I mean, yeah. hundred million dollars next season. I mean, yeah. that's it's almost impossible to have done what they were going to have to do. Um, if he didn't take any sort of pay cut, but mm-hmm. um, not even push the money back, not even to a signing bonus, like just take it off. It's right. it's a great thing, and the Jets are going to be set up for a couple of years. And there's a, and there's a window, and you know I've mentioned, you know, I nobody's really known how long he's going to stay. I think, I think at this point, like you mentioned, I think you're guaranteed two years, possibly a third. I think two years right now right. seems like the right number, um, for Rodgers to be staying here as right. a New York Jet. Right. Maybe like a, uh, exactly how Brady one yeah three years that third year he retired before it then he unretired you know you don't know you don't know what's gonna happen but kind of seems like how a much, situation we always talk about brady taking the pay cut i wonder how much like if you totaled it right. how much money brady took off now obviously right. rogers taking you know 35 and you know basically a year or two off of yeah. the contract yeah but brady's over the, his career has probably taken a significant pay cut but again oh, yeah. this is like di- a direct pay cut like yep. there was money here and he's like nope it's good yep. anyway um enough uh riding rogers there we'll uh we'll move on and very quickly we'll discuss dalvin cook is in town this weekend to visit the new york jets 
Um, you know, I think we disagree here. Um, I think this is a would be a great thing if the Jets are able to sign Cook, especially if it's for a one, maybe two. I mean, hopefully it's a one-year contract. They think that's what it'll be, a one-year contract. But I think Cook makes a ton of sense for this Jets team. Brace Hall coming off the ACL. You don't want to run him into the ground. Uh, he's a young kid, special talent. Running backs off the ACL, not a great thing. I would go out there and sign a sure thing like Dalvin Cook and, you know, have a two-back system here. Right. Well, I don't think it's a bad thing by getting Dalvin Cook. Now, do I think that Cook is – I'm not going to say past his prime, but I don't know if he necessarily moves the – like, I don't think he's going to be that big of an impact when we get him where – I'm seeing all this stuff where, oh, does Dalvin Cook like solidify the Jets as a Super Bowl contender if they get him? I don't think he's that kind of player. I think he's just like, a, okay, we're upgrading over Michael Carter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's not to the point where we're getting prime, you know, Ladanian Tomlinson here. We're not right. talking like that big of an impact. Dalvin Cook is a great running back. He's had a great career, but he's got a lot of mileage on him. His advanced metrics tell you he was a little bit on the decline last year, not as efficient. So he certainly would be a, a great running back to add. Um, he adds a veteran presence. He, he just adds a lot of experience, a guy who knows how to be a pro, everything like that. And you have the money now. Rodgers took the pay cut. It's not going to hurt you. So if it's a one-year deal, I'm all in. Right. Anything past that, now I'm skeptical and I'm saying, what are we doing here? I don't think the Jets are smart. They're going to be careful with with Brees Hall. They're not going to overwork him. Like you're saying, he's coming off the ACL. That's a really tough thing to deal with. You don't want to overwork a guy. You know, one wrong cut, and all of a sudden you're in trouble again. So they'll take it light with Brees. Dalvin will certainly help out with that. Now you don't have to worry about, uh, we only only got Izzy Abikenda and and Michael Carter and Bam Knight. This isn't really a great running back room right now with Brees. We're trying to work him back up. Hook eliminates that immediately, immediately, which is great. The one thing that I'm actually going to defend the Cook signing for right now, like I said, I'm I'm really not against it, but okay. I, I just don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. But the one thing that I will say is I think there's some Jet fans out there who are concerned that Cook is basically going to be taking carries away from Hall. That's not going to be the case. When the Jets think that Hall is, is back to his form, which might not even happen this year, So, but if they think he's back to his form, believe me, Brees Hall will not be losing touches to Dalvin Cook. If anything, it'll help Brees Hall. Maybe, yeah, sure, they'll have Dalvin Cook in some situations where Brees Hall would have been in, but it keeps Brees fresh. It'll make him that much better. So I don't think Dalvin Cook is by any means going to piss off Brees Hall or take away from what this guy could be doing on the football field. This is going to help Brees in the 2023 season, which is going to be difficult for him. Yeah. I completely agree with everything you said, basically. It's not going to put the Jets over the edge. This isn't a move where I'm like, oh, my God, the Jets are now a lock to win the Super Bowl. I basically see feel the same way about the Jets as I would, whether or not they have Cook or not. I mean, a little bit better. Right. This is specifically a Brees Hall for the future kind of move, and I think that's why the Jets exactly. can end up making uh, this move and going to get Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah. I think that's I mean, enough. When when you're I know this is kind of a stupid way to think, but it's kind of true. When you're under the cap, 
and you got a guy to sign to a one-year deal. I've got a point, like, I know they want to make deadline moves and, you know, who knows what injuries are going to happen throughout the season. And there's guys in free agency that sign in the middle of the year all the time. But a couple million dollars at the end of the day when you're under the cap and you're signing a one-year deal with no long-term commitment, like, is it really going to make a difference? No, I mean, as long as you, know? you have enough mo- money to make moves, right. you know, throughout the year, right. you leave a little bit of space like that, then, yeah, of course, you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really interested with this Jets team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson, uh, you know, a lot about this team. The offensive yeah. line, how's that going to play out? Yep. Um, Becton's already going down the tubes. Hearing bad things from him, Carl Lawson, Willie McDonald. Um, blowing him up in yeah. practice and on, you know, uh, early this week, I should say. I felt like Jet Camp started this week. It didn't. Everybody else right. just started last week. Um, not good there, but we'll see yeah. how that the unfolds. Knee, the knees just, it's not good. It's unfortunate. The, the fact and... that he's already having problems with his knee when it's been surgically repaired and he's gotten in all this great shape and you got to feel bad for the guy. I mean, he was where he's obviously he's in great shape. Like it's not like he's lazy. Like he did a good job. Like he got himself in shape this off season. Yes. This off season. Yes. Yeah, and he did what he had to do. His knee is surgically repaired and now it's hurting him again. So it's barking. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an ideal situation, but you know, just quickly and l- listen, Joe Douglas has done some fantastic things as general manager of the New York Jets. I mean, this draft, you know, might be an all-time draft yeah. in, you know, this past draft. Yep. Um, but you know, you look at a couple of the mistakes, Makai Becton, pretty big mistake. Uh, and obviously yep. as of now, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, Denzel Mims wasn't even at him. Yeah. A uh, couple couple of b- bad messes, but he he kind of makes up for it when yeah. he goes and trades Ryan Rogers. So yeah. Anyway. We'll move on from the Jets, uh, move to the Giants very quickly, um, as they were able to get a very interesting deal done with Saquon Barkley, uh, able to sign a one-year deal, which is allowed even after the uh, the tag deadline where you could have, have to sign a long-term extension. This is the first time I'm pretty sure I read since 2005 that a move like this was made with a player that was tagged in a one-year deal, you know, a different one-year deal was signed. Um, you add incentives to the contract for Barkley. We talked, we spoke about this yesterday. Like, why the hell did he do this? He adds a couple more million dollars to the total guarantee for the next two years right. if he was to be tagged again next season. And it's about a million dollars for this season as well. So, adding to the guarantees basically for the next two years is why Barkley's able to do this. He said he had an epiphany and. He didn't want to miss time. I mean, this is yeah. not a guy that wanted to miss time. So if he's able to make himself look a little bit better, um, it's very interesting that this comes after the running backs had that Zoom call. Remember that Zoom call? Yeah, that I was gonna. Had? Yeah, that was like a very quick turnaround. Also, yeah. that just happened. I think that Saquon also. I'm sure he was looking at the Le'Veon Bell situation and how that all ended up, and um thinking maybe that had a little bit to do with his decision because at the end of the day, I think Le'Veon Bell kind of proved it's, I know you want to make your point and you want to fight for yourself and for the other running backs, but sitting out that whole year, it, it doesn't really work out too well for you. And and Le'Veon got his money, but Le'Veon also had his career cut short and could have possibly been a hall of famer if he stayed in Pittsburgh, but I keep seeing these, this, this meme going around uh, the four horsemen of why running backs are in this situation right now. Uh, and, and the running backs are Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon. Yep. Uh, so 
kind of right. I mean, yep. you know, kind of tell proving me not why. all of those guys were not the best running backs in the league in their yeah, parts, you know. Yeah, and again, Le'Veon situation is so different because he was so important to that offense. He touched the ball mm-hmm. so many times, especially as a receiver. And we got into it last week about how you know, he kind of deserved. He was, I think, he was on a different level of these guys. Right. Doesn't matter. Saquon obviously saw that situation, and Saquon. I mean, again, we spoke about it up there in age, getting you know older than a lot of these other running backs. Mm-hmm. Injury concerns. He had to play this year, and yeah. he has to play next year. And We'll see what happens next year. But Saquon back. Uh, the Giants were also able to ink Andrew Thomas to a very large contract extension. Five years, $117 million, $67 million guaranteed. I think that's a signing bonus. Mm-hmm. Just right up front. A lot of money. Most for an offensive lineman. If I see one more time that the Giants were able to pay Dexter Lawrence $90 million and Thomas 117 million, even the quarterback 160 million, but they had no more money for Barkley, right? And how it's somehow disrespectful. Please just watch football. Right. Like what and, and understand the game. Right. Like Dexter Lawrence had a career season. He was so disruptive up, up the middle as a defensive lineman, pass rusher, run stopper, incredibly important to the team. Andrew Thomas for the last two years has been a franchise left tackle. PFF rated him the most valuable left tackle last season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously had to be paid. And the quarterback had a good year last season. You signed him to a contract, which there's pretty little risk. Get out of it after two years. And what do we talk about? Replacement, replacement level. You know, who, who, right. what is easier to re- replace ability? If that's even a freaking word, what is easier to replace <laughs> running back or quarterback? Running back. And you know, you know how I feel about Jones and to, and I'm not saying, the way I feel about Jones is I see the potential, but I, I didn't agree with the contract, but you also had to do the contract. You know, like it, it's, you can't run the risk like you do with Barkley where you're saying, we're not going to pay you. We're going to tag you, whatever, because at the end of the day, yeah, you could replace the Saquon Barkley. You can't maybe find someone as good as him, but you could re- find someone to do the job, you know, pretty close to how he does it. Daniel Jones, he's gone. All of a sudden, who's your quarterback? Tyrod. You know, what do you do? You're going out, you're signing Tyrod. random veteran. Like, you're, you're screwed. So, I agree with you 100%. These fans, you know, are you, like, how tone deaf can you be? Do you not realize this whole entire problem with running backs getting paid? That's the reason why where they're saying, oh, the Giants can pay all these other guys. Teams don't want to pay the running backs so they can pay those other guys. Yeah, That's why they do it. <laughs> So it's, it's not some personal vendetta the Giants have against Saquon. It's the way the NFL works right now. It's why running backs are so pissed off, and it's why they're getting underpaid. Because it's not a vendetta against need to be paid. It's not a vendetta against running backs. It's just the way the game is today. Right. Like that's all it is. And and what would and if we if you could come up with a formula, if you could present to someone who's never watched football before and say, What's a formula for being a good football team? Okay, you need you need a good quarterback. You need a good offensive line, specifically a tackle. Left tackle is the most important position on the line for a right-handed quarterback. And you need to be able to rush the passer, which Dexter Lawrence can do from the interior, and he's also a great run stopper. So, and none of those does it say you need a run. You know, running back's important, but it's definitely not at the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, it's not even just fans. whose analysts. RG3's tweeting about it. I mean, come on, come dude. On. Come on. Understand. He, 
I can't. It, it, I was just, I couldn't even, I was laughing. Yeah. I, I was absolutely laughing. That's why you don't draft these running backs high. That's what, whatever. Hold don't the do tangent. it. We're done with the running back. I'm business. so tired of talking about it. I am now, too. God, AC, I'm so tired of talking about it. Jim Irsay tweeted about it, too. And, <sighs> like, come on, dude. And, and, then, and then Jonathan Taylor's going back at him. Jonathan Taylor's going to be up for a contract pretty soon. Like, mm-hmm. enough. Um, very quickly, we're going to do uh, top 10 receivers and a little NFC and AFC North uh, preview um, in a little bit. But very quickly before we do that, Jalen Ramsey carted off the field, a little meniscus issue. He's going to have surgery, and it looks like he's going to be out until at least December, going to miss a few months. He tweeted out um, that late season push going to be legendary. I'm it's paraphrasing a, there. I thought I saw something else. It said six to eight weeks. I I read December. I, I, December. I be, Holy crap! Really? I could be wrong. I I read December. I'll check it right now. But I mean, either way, he's you know he's gonna miss time. You know he's he's gonna miss time. Um and yeah, no, he's. I think it's only it says start of the regular season. Wait, hold on. Ian Rappaport. More info on clarity on Dolphin star Jalen Ramsey. Sources say while no firm determination will be made until the surgery, the likely outcome is a full meniscus tear. Bringing Ramsey back in December if all goes well. So he said that, but I was watching NFL Network before, and they said six to eight weeks. Yeah, they you know they weren't one hundred percent sure. Now they kind of understand it's a meniscus tear. He's going to have the surgery uh, tomorrow, and he had tweeted out you know late he tweeted out late season push going to be legendary. It's a big loss early in the year for sure. Yeah, um, for yeah. the Finns. Um, did I read something correctly yesterday about the Dolphins that I? I want to say it was PFF, but I'm not 100% sure that they rated them the best front seven in the league. You know, I saw a list, and I don't know where the Dolphins were on it. I saw a list on Twitter. It was, I think Warren Sharp tweeted it. I don't know if that's the one you were looking at. And it I'm was not the top, 100% sure. It was the top front sevens, and I know the Giants were actually high on the list. Just for nine, I think he had the Jets way too low. He had them like fourteen or something like that. Yeah, we were looking at the same list. But yeah, I mean, they do. They have a legit front seven. I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, line there. Yeah, I know how you feel about Christian Wilkins, and they got Bradley Chubb, and they got a couple of really nice pieces there too. Yeah, Jalen Phillips. But this is big. I mean, this was their big off-season acquisition was Jalen Ramsey, and you know, I, I think. It takes a hit, obviously, the defense. It, it takes a big hit. Jalen Ramsey is a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, at that cornerback position. So defense takes a big hit, and that defense is a bit of a concern for this Dolphins team. It's what we talk about. I mean, we talked about it last week when we were talking about the AFC East preview when I was talking about the Dolphins. I said, this defense, I mean, I, I'm still not too sold on it. So this is a tough hit for them. Um, I think regardless, the Dolphins – floor is relatively high just because of the the explosiveness of that offense and we're about to get right. our top 10 receivers and i'm sure we're going to hear a couple names from this team on that list right so i think the floor is pretty high for them but i also don't know how high the ceiling can go with a jalen ramsey injury i mean you got some elite quarterbacks in this conference and if you want to be a top contender you got to be able to shut down that passing game or at least contain it and losing one of the best corners in the league isn't going to help that yeah well uh well see what they do they add a piece to this team who knows but um 
take a quick break, and then we are going to get into our top 10 wide receivers. Very excited for that. All right, let's move into our top 10 wide receivers. Very excited for this. A lot of receivers, a lot of very talented receivers. Um, Just talking before, I had a problem with 10 because I want to put like six guys at 10, and obviously I can't. But there are a lot of honorable mentions here uh, for this position. Uh, We're going to read every one of them off, and then we'll kind of discuss as we go if we had any disagreements, if there were just a couple that we really want to talk about. So, JM, I will let you start us off. Let's hear your top 10 wide receivers. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Okay, so I'll go from 10 to 1. Yep. Number 10, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Number 9, A.J. Brown. Number 8, C.D. Lamb. Number 7, Jalen Waddell. 6, Jamar Chase. 5, Cooper Cup. 4, Stephon Diggs. Three, Tyreek Hill. Two, Devontae Adams. One, Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Um, May I ask, A.J. Brown. Yeah. Um, I'm a little higher. What what what's your decision making with Brown there at uh I think you said nine. Yeah, you know, it's no knock to him. I mean, when we saw him come over from Tennessee and saw what he could do in an offense that airs it out a little more than what we saw in Tennessee. Obviously, with Derrick Henry, you're gonna see less targets because he's touching the ball 30 times a freaking game. So right. he's great. You know, I think he it's not a knock. I think he benefited of being on such a phenomenal offense last year. I think he's fantastic. It's just, I can't really see him going over a lot of these guys on the board. And I'll, I'll give him like, you know, I had lamb over him. I think CD had a similar season last year and was in a bit of a more unfortunate situation and, you know, didn't have as great of receivers around him. I mean, we know the Cowboys receiver depth was a problem. So him being able to still put up those numbers and, 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 elevate that offense i thought you know gave the spot over him and i'm also just you know projecting into this year i'm not really anticipating aj brown to have that much of a better season i think he's going to regress a little i think that was kind of his healing what he hit last year i also think i'm not saying this is going to be in their game plan but i'm saying i wouldn't be surprised this happened i could see devonta smith like overtaking the number one wide receiver on spot on this team because i mean he would be like my number 11 if we did a top 11. He'd, he'd basically be right there. And, you know, he's still – A.J. Brown's still young too. I think he's only a year older than Brown. But I mean, than uh, Smith. But right. I think Devonta Smith, we saw what he could do in college. I mean, the guy won a Heisman Trophy as a receiver. I think he is top five potential wide receiver in the NFL one day. I really wanted to put your boy uh, on this list. I'm – I'm sure you know who that is, Garrett Wilson. And yeah, I was about to say, you know, he Brown does have the luxury of playing with a guy that will probably be on this list after this year. Um, he's that talented in Devonta Smith. So 100%. And where did you have Chase, by the way? Just I had Chase six. Chase six. I'm surprised by that because I know you're, you know, nice little Jamar Chase guy there. Yeah, I like Jamar Chase. I put in my notes here. I think last year was the season where everybody was anticipating, okay, he had a great rookie year. Jamar Chase is about to cement himself as a top four or five receiver in the NFL. It's just the injuries. You know, he only played 12 games last year. If he played a 17-game season, I'd probably have him higher. And I know I had Cooper Cup 
higher than him. So you might be saying, oh, you know, that, that's hypocritical of you. But Cooper Cup, let's not forget, had an MVP case. The Probably the best MVP. I know people are arguing Jefferson should have been the MVP last year. If a receiver should have won an MVP, it should have been Cooper Cup in 2020. I agree with I you. Mean, triple crown, you know, 1,800, 1,900 yards, whatever the hell he had. Even though you want to talk fantasy football, he had like 70 more points than the next best guy. You know, Cooper Cup just phenomenal 2021 and injured last year. Stafford was injured. Just a bad situation out there in L.A. So um, that's why I had Cup over Chase. But, yeah, I think if Chase would have played a full season last year, he would have had the better resume and, and would have really cemented himself as a top four or five receiver in the NFL. So I have him six right now, but this time next year, I can definitely see him being higher. I want to, I want to, we'll keep talking, but I want to hear your top 10. Yeah, here we go. Um, last second. I mean, like when I made this when I was at work and I went between Metcalf and Jalen Waddle for a little bit. And I went, I also Jaylen, considered Metcalf. I went Waddle at 10. Big Waddle guy. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, nine. Terry McLaurin, eight. A.J. Brown, seven. Stephon Diggs, six. Tyree Kill, five. Jamar Chase, four. Cooper Cup, three. Devontae Adams, two. And Justin Jefferson, one. Wow. Holy crap. So, two surprises. You're off on the Dolphins. But I know you had both of them on the list. But compared to me, Tyreek, five is very surprising to me. I almost put him two. But I was like, I got to put Adams over him. Yes. Let me get the justification for Tyreek Hill at number five. Um, this might sound like Tyreek Hill is ultra talented, right? Yeah, like he's incredibly fast. He's arguably he might be a Hall of Fame already, right? I mean, yes. he's that good. Yes. Um, is it crazy? Is it unfair for me to say like this? Like, I understand he makes massive plays, and like that's kind of his thing. Like it kind of feels like it's always like the big play. It's always the speed. I feel like when we're watching Cup, when we're watching Chase, like these are true wide receivers. They're still really great, but they don't rely on the one thing. And it may be unfair. And you I, know, it's not. I love these Dolphins. I don't. Receivers. I don't. I'll, I'll tell you this: the take is wrong, but. It's not wrong. It's an opinion. But it, in my opinion, it's wrong. Right. But the re- I understand the rationale behind your thinking because, yes, Tyreek Hill is – we haven't really seen a receiver of his caliber be so successful before. A guy who's undersized, super speedy, and I can can't compare him so anybody. long and be that rock-steady guy. But, honestly, he is, behind Jefferson, one of the most steady guys on this list in terms of yeah. last year where every game, eight for 100 – you know, eight for 120, whatever, seven for 90. Like he was always just, it seemed every week, 100 yards, 100 yards, 100 yards. So I get the point, but I think sometimes, I think you don't realize, and I think a lot of people don't realize Tyreek Hill is that number one steady guy you could rely on type of receiver. He is very good. And I know the Dolphins use him a little different than he was using Kansas City. But then again, they don't really. I think they really just ticked up his volume. I think he's in Kansas City. He was relied on the short game. He was relied on the medium game. And he was relied on in the deep game. He was also 1A, almost 1B over there in Kansas City with um, Kelsey over there. And now, you know, he's obviously number one. Uh, Listen, I I was not going to put him over Cooper Cup. I wasn't going to put him over Devontae Adams. And obviously, I wasn't putting him over Jefferson. So the last second change I almost made after hearing your list was putting him over Jamar chase, but 
you know, Jamar Chase's rookie year was absolutely insane, right? 1,400 yards. Um, he's banged up last year, played 12 games, still had 1,000 yards. I think, you know, project, you know, almost projecting into the season as well, I think Chase is going to have a monster season. Um, this could be the last season with um, T. Higgins around too. Uh, right. We don't know what kind of moves they're going to have to make after they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow. So, yeah, that's kind of my rationale with um, with Chase and Hill. But you know, Hill was always going to be under those top three. One thing that I actually really respect about your list that I almost put him 10, but I decided not to. I like that you have Terry McLaurin on here because when you look at this list, you know, we're talking about Tyreek Hill, and I know, I know, we're, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna talk about the quarterbacks that these guys have. I know Tua yeah. isn't an MVP candidate, but last year he had a pretty damn good season, and if he stayed healthy, he would have probably been a top five MVP candidate. He was having a, a fantastic year, Tua. The injuries no got disrespect but, to Tua. You know, Justin Jefferson, he had Kirk Cousins, competent quarterback. Devontae Adams had Derek Carr, competent quarterback. Hill, Tua, Diggs, Josh Allen. Pup, Stafford, you know, so the list goes right. on, on Chase, Burrow. Like, they're, these guys have legit quarterbacks throwing them the ball. Terry McLaurin, in a similar way with Garrett Wilson, but Terry McLaurin's been doing it his whole freaking career, has just had bums throwing him the ball, and he continues to produce. And, I mean, when you look at his advanced stats that I talked about last week when we were talking about the running backs, and I also use those to evaluate these receivers, he is top 10 in a lot of categories when it comes to the advanced stats. And I think if you – gave him a, a a competent quarterback, he would certainly be on this list. And I think that's the case with a lot of receivers. And that's really the main reason why he's on this list. I mean, you watch him week in and week out, and he's impressive um, and dealing with these quarterback situations that he's dealt with. Yeah, um, He's very talented. Um, he's a pain in the ass in the NFC East. That's yeah. why he's on this list. And, I, you know, like you mentioned with Wilson, I, I wanted to put Garrett Wilson on this list for the same yeah. exact re re uh, reason. What are you doing with very little? These right. guys, you know, have great quarterbacks. Not great, but a lot of them, you know, really good to great quarterbacks, throwing them the football. Right. What are the guys with nothing doing? Right. And Garrett Wilson and Terry McLaurin are doing a lot with nothing. And I really wanted to put Wilson on right. here, but just couldn't yeah. uh, over some other guys. And I, I think that's why we were so in awe of DeAndre Hopkins prime is yeah. this guy before Deshaun Watson, you know, had guys like Brian Hoyer and Brock Osweiler <laughs> throwing him the ball and Ryan Mallett, who was he the guy who just passed away? Rest in peace, Ryan Mallett. But you know, did, these yeah. quarterbacks throwing him the ball that are just, incompetent quarterbacks and he's putting up 1500 yard seasons and you're like how the hell is this guy doing this and i think i said it about aj brown i said look what happens when he comes over to philadelphia there's your example that's just an example of you know you go you move you play with a better quarterback you play in a better system boom you're a top 10 receiver yeah um last I one for you before we move on yeah let's do it I mean, we could talk about Jefferson. We could talk about Adams. You know, we had them one and two. They're fantastic. Adams would have been one for me about a year ago. But, I mean, Jefferson's year was just too damn good last year. Um, so, I had to give it to, to to Jefferson at the top of the board. Who, by the way, have we ever seen a, a better three years to a career to start than Justin Jefferson right now? I mean, he is – he's going to shatter records. And maybe not Jerry Rice's records, but he's going to shatter a lot of records. He's going to shatter some records, and I just want to pull something up very quickly for one second. I was having a conversation with a friend of ours the other day 
and I was trying to compare Garrett Wilson because I'm I'm a huge I, I think everybody is but like huge Garrett Wilson guy right and I'm trying to compare like Garrett Wilson right and I looked at Justin Jefferson and I'm like is it possible that he could take a Justin Jefferson round and it is but then when you look at Jefferson's numbers it's like that would be pretty right. surprising if he's able to put up these kind of numbers so yeah right. you're a hundred percent right you know just and how impressive he's been in his first three years. I mean, he's got almost 5,000 yards through three seasons. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, the last thing I wanted to talk about is Waddle was a little too low for me on your list. I had him seven, and you yeah. had him ten. Um, What's – uh? I mean, I'll give, you, I'll give you my reasoning. Obviously, if I have number seven, I think he could be a number one receiver on just about any other team. He's the number two on the Dolphins. He had such an odd turnaround. I'm not even going to say it's a turnaround because he had a great rookie season, but the way his stats changed in his second year was so crazy. He was that Jarvis, what Jarvis Landry was with the Dolphins for all those years, that guy who's going to catch 100 balls and have Mm -hmm. 1,000 yards. He's 10 yards a catch, just, you know, not really a a huge play guy. Then all of a sudden, Tyree comes over and, you know, McDaniel comes over. They change the offense up. Now he's a 18 yards a catch kind of guy. Yeah, so, which is crazy. Which is crazy. And, and he led, led the league in that, by the way. And 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 yes, I'm sure you could give him the knock of, oh, well, he's got Tyreek Hill with him. He benefits from that, which is true. On the other side, I think Tyreek Hill benefits from having Jalen Waddle on his team. So I think I think Waddle's fantastic. I I I I had him six at one point on this but I was like, I can't put him over some of these other guys. I think there's a little bit of a, a tier change when you go from seven to six with guys like Chase and Cup and Diggs and all those guys. So I have him seven, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm a very big Jalen Waddle guy. Yeah. For me, it's about the guy, the two guys that I have ahead of him, McLaurin and Lamb. Um, CD Lamb, and we mentioned this before when talking about him, did not have much to work with last season in terms of other wide receivers. He didn't have much help. And we talked about McLaurin. I mean, he, he did have Curtis Samuel, who was really good uh, last season in Washington, especially later in the year. But, again, the quarterback play has just been terrible. So right. I think having, like you mentioned, having Hill, and they both benefit from it, and it shouldn't knock them. But on a list where, you know, we're really just comparing wide receivers, just the wide receivers, Yeah, I'm going to take it into account a little bit, and I'm going to put the two guys that, you know, have a slight disadvantages in terms of, the talent around them over uh, Waddle. Right. But I get it. Again, Waddle could be, it. like you mentioned, Waddle, especially into year three, probably could be a number one receiver on just about any right. team and will most likely be moving up this list. Yes. I think it's just one of those positions where it allows a little more flexibility and fluctuation with these guys because of the, all the reasons we said with the quarterbacks and, you know, the, I mean, it, and what kind of offense they're playing in. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, I mean it's this is a very um this I've been looking for this website for five minutes now. I couldn't figure it out. I just got it. Anyway, sorry, it's a very difficult list. I mean, you look at the the honorable mentions can go on forever on yeah. this list. Who did yeah. you say eleven was for you? So I, I had Smith Beth. like eleven. I was debating between like for that ten spot, but with Amon Ra got it. But you know, I think you could put Devonta Smith there. I think you could put um, I think Amari Cooper makes a pretty good case. I think Terry McLaurin makes a good case. I think Debo right. makes a good case. So there's a lot of guys that could fight for the last, even DK I thought of, you know, guys like that. So T T Higgins actually got a little consideration. Keenan Allen, Ooh. if he was healthy, 
could flirt with that number 10 spot, but right now it seems like if he was healthy is kind of the, the tale of his career. But yeah. Alrighty then. Why is the phone ringing in here? It's 1045. Anyway, here we go. Um, Let's go on to our NFC and AFC North previews. We are going to start with the AFC. JM, this is a division that is incredibly underrated here. Okay. I don't think enough people are talking about how difficult this division is going to be. Because when you look at it, any of these four teams, if things break right, and obviously Cincinnati and Baltimore are the top, like, yeah, like they, most likely they're going to be playoff teams. Cleveland, like, is a major dark horse if things go right. And Pittsburgh's always good. Yeah. So, how are we starting this? We're doing alphabetical order. So, who would it be? It would be the Cincinnati Bengals. No. Yes, it's Cincinnati yes. Bengals. No, the yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Oh, you're real. Are, what are you doing? Are you doing? Are you doing location <laughs> or team? Just do team name. Yes, the bank. I was trying to do. I was trying to okay. do like both of them. You know, like who's right. both names closest to the top? Cincinnati no, Bengals no, is no. closest. All right, no, start Baltimore Ravens. Start Baltimore Ravens. We'll okay. do. We'll, we'll start with the Ravens. So first of all, we're get we'll get into the Browns. I agree, but this whole division is. I think you could see four teams that end up over 500. I mean, it's going to be really hard for that to happen, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. So the Ravens, we talked about it when we talked about Lamar and we talked about the top quarterbacks list. They're all in on Lamar. Todd Monken's the OC now. I think with this Ravens team, and if you're a fantasy football player, I'd listen closely. I would buy everything on this the Ravens offense in 2023 my tv is playing mets nationals right now which is it back back? no i had like paused it and it's now stuck on mets nationals like it it like started replaying anyways need to get that game back the baltimore ravens i think you are going to see a completely different offensive identity in this team the days of ground and pound I think are out the window. I think they are going to let Lamar air the ball out. They are a team that I think ranked 28th or 29th in offensive pace last year, a very slow Greg Roman offense. I think that's going to change. I think you just see a fast-paced offensive team that's airing it out a lot. And I don't think that OBJ is going to make as big of an impact as people say. But I think that you're going to see a big year out of Mark Andrews. I think you're going to see a big year out of Lamar. I think you're going to see a, a big year out of, I think, Rashad Bateman, once he comes back from that foot, I think is going to be a big factor. I think Zay Flower is going to have a nice year. So the only thing that's going to hold this offense back is health, in my opinion. If the team is healthy, I think this could be one of the best offenses in football. Yeah, I mean, that's my thing. I'm I'm looking at this team, and I'm like, especially the receivers. That was the major problem last year, right? We know they're going to be able to run the ball. And Dobbins, when he came back from injury last year, the final few weeks of the season, he was the most productive running back in the NFL. We know this team is going to run the football. The issue is passing, and it's going to be throwing the ball late in the season. Right. You bring Todd Munkin over here. You improve these receivers. Rashad Bateman um, is going to benefit. Mark Andrews is going to benefit. Guys that have been here and dealt with this and now you slide in guys like Devin Duvernay Devin Duvernay still there I'm pretty sure right um they signed Aguilar now now these guys are like depth pieces like 
right. really is not on the field as much. And Zay Flowers have, you know, who looks explosive in camp, they're saying. And right. OBJ, you bring in. Right. I agree. I think OBJ is going to have a nice season. He's not going to be the number one receiver. So these now, guys that are pen here are going to benefit. What what teams did Todd Munkin coach as an offense coordinator with? He was Georgia, obviously. But right. in the NFL, he had Baker in 2019, which we know they were not afraid to sling the rock with Baker. Yeah. And he had Jameis Winston in 2018 with the Bucs. Yeah. So I'm not saying that he's going to you know take a Jameis Winston approach where Lamar's going to throw 20 picks, but... They are going to throw the football. Lamar is going to air the ball out. And I think it's a smart move for the Ravens. You sign that guy to a five-year deal. Yeah, he's a mobile quarterback. He's great at using his legs. But I don't want him using his legs as much as he has in the past no. if you want to make this contract last. And he wants to throw the ball. And I think that's a, yeah. that's going to be big, too. And, by the way, their defense, still really good. Yeah. And we the love... line, the offensive line, yeah, great. Yeah, it's They could be very scary. This is my – this is – looking like my team in the AFC right now. We'll hold off. This is looking like my team in the AFC. Love Harbaugh. I think he's a top five coach. I love, love John Harbaugh. Okay. Next team in the division. Cincinnati Bengals. There we go. Now we're getting to the Bengals. Uh, major scare today at camp. Uh, Burrow goes down. They cart him off the field. Looks like it's just a calf injury, which could be a little tricky, but he should be good. We're still awaiting word there, but should be good, Joe Burrow. Um, this is a team that I think at this point now we can basically pencil in for the playoffs every season yeah. and consider them serious Super Bowl contenders every year. Right. Yeah, I think the Bengals are coming up on the end of the window of young guys and not having to worry about contracts and everything like that because a man of the name by Justin Herbert just yeah. signed a freaking mega contract and Justin Herbert was drafted a couple picks after Joe Burrow was so I'm sure that Joe Burrow contract extension will be coming up anytime soon so you know you got Burrow Chase is going to be playing on a, a new contract pretty soon T Higgins a guy who was you know rumored to be traded uh, this offseason he stayed but he's going into his fourth season was not a first round pick. So you don't have a second year. Uh, you don't have a player option for him, a fifth year option. So they're going to have to start paying up. But, but, but that's next year's problems right now. Who'd they lose? Jesse Bates. Yeah. Hayden Hurst, Samaj P Ron, you know, you're not, I don't think Jesse Bates's departure is going to be as big of a deal as maybe some people think. I think he wasn't really that great last year. Um, You know, he, he just, his numbers didn't really show for it. His advanced stuff didn't really show for it. So Daxton Hill, I think, is 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 a guy that they drafted to replace him, and I think is a talented player. So that defense, I know we'll 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 get into the offense, and that's the the, the mod, you know, the identity of this team. But that defense for the Bengals, I don't think people realize how good that defense is. You got Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, who are one like that's at least the top ten edge rushing duo in the league. Yeah, that is a fantastic edge rushing duo. And they just seem to have depth up and down uh, in every position on this defense. You know, they got solid guys all around. But going to the offense, the Orlando Brown signing is the biggest acquisition they've made on the offensive line since Burrow's been there. Right. I mean, I know they got Leo Collins. Yeah, that was that was a nice signing. But Orlando Brown, huge deal and was a surprising one, too. I don't think people expected that to happen. I didn't expect that to happen. But 
I it got me thinking. They made it to the AFC Championship last year. Sure. They had a great offense. Right. But they couldn't run the ball really with Mixon. He just didn't have a good year. You know, I think four yards of carry at best he had. And they've had struggles over Burrow's career of protecting him. And they still made it to the AFC Championship and were still one of the best offenses in football. If this offensive line can get it together, like where do they go? That's How? the biggest. That's been the biggest thing for this team. I mean, that that has been the biggest thing, and the reason why they lost. One of the major reasons why they lost to Kansas City last year in Kansas City was because they couldn't protect their quarterback. Yeah, Chris Jones was in was in his face all day long. So, you're right, JM. It, it's a very impressive team. I think this. You're right about the window as well. Like I think Higgins is most likely gone after this year. I think he'll probably be traded. Um, after this year, they just they can't pay everybody. This is a poor owner in terms of NFL owners uh, standpoint. Um, they have to pay Burrow. It's going to be a ton of money, and they will obviously pay Burrow whatever mm-hmm. he wants. You know, probably a little bit more than Justin Herbert just got. Well deserved for both of these guys. You know, elite franchise quarterbacks. Um, but the sky's the limit. Their defense, I think, was the most impressive thing last season for me. They were sixth in points uh, points per game allowed. Uh, 20 points per game. They very impressive. Um, and give credit to Lou. Um, God, Lou Amarillo, Amoreno, Amoreno, something like that. Lou Amarillo is the like Islanders guy. Yes, it's Lou. It's Lou A because the Giants okay. really considered um, hiring him before they hired Dable. Lou Got a, a couple in. Yeah, I'm I'm right about that. Right. Um, credit to him though. A very good defensive coordinator kind of sucks that a lot of these defensive coordinators just aren't going to get head coaching jobs though because just the way the nfl world has worked lately where yeah. they want the you know the offensive guy which yeah but it'll change you know look at the cardinals they, they hire kingsbury to do all this great stuff on offense then they kick him out he leaves and now they they hire don't the... say don't say again gannon's like a ugh, consolation prize at that point okay. the okay. only guy that would accept the job okay sorry Bryce, Jonathan Gannon, but you're right. Yeah. Um, all right. The Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. are up next. And um, like I mentioned before, I mean, Deshaun Watson is coming off basically the first season in his NFL career where, I mean, he really struggled, especially in the way that he did. Um, obviously coming off the suspension and a year of not playing, we hadn't seen him in a while. A lot of people expected him to struggle and he did. He was not good last season when he came back. Uh the talent on offense, you know, the offensive line has been good for a few years now. And Nick Chubb, you know, we were talking about him a lot last week. One of the best runners of the football in the league, arguably the best running back in the league. Uh, they'll be able to run the football. Mm-hmm. Defense, yeah. Miles Garrett, good defense. To me, there are two duos in the NFL. I think one A and one B on the hot seat. Number one is the Cowboys, McCarthy and Prescott. And number two, is Stefanski and Deshaun Watson hot seat alert? They need to be good. Okay, yeah, but how the hell if Watson's on the hot seat? What the hell are they going to do? He's got a fully guaranteed contract. Well, I don't per, per You mean I like shouldn't... pressure? You mean like just Pre- pressure? Pressure. I think Stefanski is a hundred percent on the hot seat, right. Right. pressure wise. And if you're combining yeah. the two, like obviously the the coach is going to go, the players going to stay, yeah. especially when you have a fully guaranteed contract. Yeah. I agree with what you said about the Browns at the beginning and what you're talking about right now. I mean, this team could be scary. I mean, Deshaun Watson last year, listen, it's basically an aberration 
you know, he, he starts in week 11, no offseason program. You know, he's, I'm sure he was still even trying to learn the freaking playbook. And all of a sudden, the guys, you know, I'm not, I mean, not literally. I'm sure he could read the playbook on his couch while he's watching them through week 11. But, you know, not playing for two years and then all of a sudden getting thrown in with a brand new team in the middle of the season. I mean, what guy is going to thrive in that situation? So, Watson, this is a guy that we've seen be a top five quarterback at his best. And... This roster, I think how it is right now, it's good enough to win. Yeah. I mean, it's been good enough to win. It's been good enough to win. I mean, the receivers, you know, Amari Cooper, great number one receiver to have. Elijah Moore, we'll see. I mean, we've seen, we know what the potential of Elijah Moore was. Didn't end up working out with the Jets, but I think he's still got some potential. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones, a solid wide receiver for them. So they got some good, some good receivers. I think David Njoku is a guy who is, possibly inclined to have a breakout season. We know how yeah. athletic and how much of an athletic freak he is, you know? And like I said, I don't think they really needed that much improvement. Now, Jacoby Brissett did a good job last year. Don't get me solid. wrong. Very he solid. did a very solid job. So I would say that I don't think Watson is just going to come in and needs to play top 15 quarterback football and this team is going to be in contention to win the division. I think for that team to be in contention to win the division, they need elite Deshaun Watson. Or at least, you know, a top eight, top ten Deshaun Watson. I don't think uh, a mediocre or, like, slightly above average season of Deshaun Watson gets this team. I don't think the roster around them is good enough to compete with the Bengals or the Ravens. Right. And the last thing I'll say about this team the fact that Miles Garrett has not won a defensive player of the year award yet is crazy. You pick and I just year? feel like this is just going to be the year that it's, it's gotta happen eventually. Sack sack record. Does he come after that? Possibly. He could go after that. He could go get that yeah. um, major wildcard team. I mean, um, I can't sit here and predict them to make the playoffs. Like I, I, I can't do that right. with what we've seen. It's absolutely possible. They can absolutely wreck the AFC. And again, the AFC is just, it's so loaded. loaded, It's unfathomable. It's ridiculous. Unfathomable. I mean, you have, all right, let's let's go over it. How many teams can you see making the playoffs in each division? AFC East, three. Three. This division, four. Four. The South, two. One, two. Okay. No Titans. Get them out. One. One. West. Three? Three. So that's three, one, four, three. That is 11 11 teams out of 16 that you could, like, see making the playoffs. Four of those teams are not making the playoffs. Who are they going to be? so insane. Who are they going to be? I don't know. Uh, Those are answers we're going to get soon. So, yeah, Uh, we'll... (laughs) I guess we'll get into this. Are you done with the Browns? Yeah, I'm done with the Browns there. Just okay, so It's crazy to think about the AFC. I guess we'll get into the Steelers then because they're one of those teams where, you know, out of those 11 teams we just said, who is not going to make it? I think they're one of those bubble teams. If this is any other team, you know, if you take the Steelers roster and just switch them over with another team, random team in the NFC, put them on the Falcons, I'm going to say this team's going to win six or seven games. The the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Mike Tomlin identity, it's just they're always just that pain in the ass football team that you just can't get rid of. 
And that's what they were last year. And I think they're due for a little bit of improvement in this year. So, you know, Kenny Pickett year two. That's that's the big thing. I, I don't think, know. What, I don't know what you're expecting out of him. I would expect a little improvement. Yeah, I think. But he, I, I, the, I wouldn't. If I'm a Steelers fan, I'm not sitting there and I'm not saying right now you're convinced that this is the guy by any means. No, you're absolutely not convinced. Um, he made some plays last year. Uh, gritty. I, I say that you know in a right you know, compliment and not so much of a compliment kind of term, especially for a quarterback. You're definitely not. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans are convinced he's the guy. I mean, they're right. crazy. They're wild. They're nuts. I'm not convinced he's the guy at all. He's the biggest question mark for me because when you go through this team, you know, they draft wide receivers incredibly well, and they have a bunch of guys there. And, and Pat Frymouth, I really like him, the tight end. Obviously, the coach is there. The defense is going to be there. One of the better defenses in the league. One of the best coaches in the league, um, in league history. Actually, right. I think I don't think that's a crazy statement. Yep. It's the quarterback. I mean, I think they'll be able to run the ball. The offensive line they've improved it a little bit, yep. um, over the years. They'll be able to run the football a little bit better as well, and that'll be important for the quarterback. But mm-hmm. the big question is going to be the quarterback, and if he's able to take, you know, even a little, you know, not significant steps, but like you know, a little bit of a step forward where he's not turning the ball over as much, where he's a little bit more productive, throwing the ball down the field, getting these receivers the ball, um, almost like game manager type of situation. Like It's brutal AFC, but they are just always a team. Like you mentioned, it's the Steelers. They're always 500. They're always right there. And and this could be one of those seasons where they shock everybody and and win 10, 11 games. I know the Steelers are there. Yep. I mean, they got... Like you said, they improve the offensive line. They bring Broderick Jones over. You got Najee, who I I know had his struggles towards the end of the year last year, but I think he's going to have a huge bounce back here. I think Mike Tomlin, this is the kind of back he looks for, a big, tough back. And I think that's exactly what his game embodies, and I think he's due for a good year. Now, the the weapons they put around Pickett, they're actually good. You know, Deontay Johnson, I know he's not – you know, your your prototypical number one receiver. He's probably a top 30 receiver in the league, but you know, Pickens, I think, has a lot of potential. We saw the his ability to make these crazy acrobatic catches. I think Pickens can overtake him as the one number oh, 100%. one receiver in this season. Yeah, he's a great he's he's a and you know, you look at you look at Pickens, you look at Allen Robinson, you look at Deontay Johnson, those three guys on the field at one time, Deontay kind of fits that slot position you know he's just in terms of size and 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 overall build i think that you know pickens is a big outside receiver and so is Allen robinson you know these guys i don't know exactly but they they both seem like they're about six three a piece so Mm. i don't think i'd have deontay on the outside anymore i think you know that's maybe why they brought over Allen robinson but look at those five weapons Najee, robinson Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Fryermuth. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So it's nice for a young quarterback too. You know, come so, to this league and have these guys around him. Yep. Now now's the time, Kenny, and this Pittsburgh Steelers team, and I'm tired of watching it, and I can guarantee you that Pittsburgh Steelers fans feel a lot worse about it than I do. Please just have like a competent offense with like a decent identity. I'm so tired of the past couple of years, those big Ben years at the end and last year. He's trying to run the ball and just dumping it down and getting three yards to carry. And just, it's, it's like claw scratching and clawing for points. 
It's absolutely crazy yeah, that still they are like this rhythm. competent. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, I think it's time for the NFC North now. It is time for the NFC North. Uh, start here with the Chicago Bears, who I, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to some of our friends and I was like, and we have a friend, very close mutual friend that is very high on Justin Fields. And I'm saying to myself, am I, are, are we wrong about Justin Fields? Like, am I wrong about Justin Fields gonna, going to be a bust, not being as good as people say? And I seriously questioned myself for about a week and I'm back on like, Justin Fields is going to be a bust. He cannot throw the football. Let's start with the Bears, though. They added a lot of pieces this offseason. This isn't enough. This is going to be that casual guy, that casual football fan. Like, oh, yeah, the Bears this year, bro. Fields, great. Fantasy quarterback can run, bro. They're going to be so good. They got uh, they got DJ Moore, who's a great wide receiver, really good wide receiver, DJ Moore. Right. Please with the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are going to finish last in the NFC North. Yeah, I mean, I got this team right now at maybe five wins. Like, I, I don't, I don't see it. And I'm watching some of these shows, and on these national networks, and they're talking about the Bears, 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 Bears. I'm like, what did they do? The Bears went three and fourteen last year, and I was surprised when I even, I was like, they really went three and fourteen. I'm like, yeah, they had the number one pick. What am I talking about? Of course, they went three and fourteen. Yeah, they were three and fourteen last year. And Justin Fields, I think people don't realize this. Well, we can all agree that Justin Fields, his season last year, he got better week by week. Maybe not his passing, which I'll talk about that, but he started running the ball, and all of a sudden he's ripping off 150-yard games and this and that, and it seems like he's getting better and better. They weren't winning any more games, though. Like, that's the thing. As he was improving, the team record was still awful. Right. So – if you go and look on Football Outsiders, of the 34 qualified quarterbacks, all the advanced passing metrics, Justin Fields is 34. And yeah. it's like by like a pretty distinct margin behind Matt Ryan, behind, you know, any bad quarterback that you could think could have qualified last year, Justin Fields is dead last. So, yes, DJ Moore is a nice addition. Is DJ Moore a guy who is an a, an alpha dog number one receiver? No, he's a good receiver. He's just like I said about Deontay Johnson. He's a top 30 receiver in the NFL. I don't think that that's really going to elevate Justin Fields' game all of a sudden. Claypool, that was an awful <laughs> trade that they made. You know, Basically I don't understand what the Bears front office is doing. You know, they spent a lot of money this offseason. The defense is still awful. They got Edmonds and they got TJ Edwards. Those are their two big signings. Both linebackers, they traded Roquan Smith. They did not want to pay him, who, by the way, is a top-five linebacker in football. They traded yeah. Roquan Smith, then spend money, a lot of money, on Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards this offseason, who are also linebackers. Right. And they trade Roquan Smith and get, and then make another trade to get Chase Claypool by giving up the 32nd overall pick in the NFL draft. So I don't know why the, it just seems like this whole, and I, and I, I know I sound like a hater right now, but like, I am like, I, I, I hate this team. Like, I don't see it. I really just don't see it. They just signed Cole Komet. Cool. Nice. You overpaid him four years. Overpaid for Cole, for Cole Komet. Komet. 
I mean, what are we doing? The offensive line still is not good. They didn't really fix line. it at all. They they drafted a tackle. That's about it. So you lost, you know, David Montgomery's gone. The running backs suck. I mean, you're, then again, your quarterbacks are running back. So I guess wow. you don't care. But no, I mean, really, like, I it's just, I don't like all the hype that Fields is getting because I've never seen such undeserving hype. Like yeah. Jalen Hurts last year. You saw the hype. I was so on the Jalen Hurts hype train. You were like, this makes complete sense. You know what? But you saw him play. You saw the the the, the ability, just the touch on his balls and pause. Oh my God. Touch on his balls. Um you saw you really like Jalen Hurts that much. Oh my god. You saw the way he threw the ball, and you're like, I see it with this guy. I don't see, see it with Fields. See, I I did not see it with Hurts. Like I, after the 2021 season, I'm like, all right, Hurts can be a good player. I never saw him turn, and I guess I guess you might even agree. I never saw him turning into the player that he became. I didn't know if Hurts can be the throw over the football that he needed to be. Right. That he became, and he became an elite yes. throw over the football this season. Of course, but. I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure on Hertz, but this team, I mean, they're the team, late. They in, still suck. Late in games last year, they're getting blown out, mm-hmm. or even they're just down in games, not even blown yeah. out. They're running the football. That tells you all you need to know about the belief in Justin Fields. And sure, they're going to believe in him a little bit more. They have to believe in him a little bit more to start the season. This isn't going to work out. This they oh, okay. should have stayed at one. And yep. taking Bryce Young, this is going to be a major mistake. The Ryan Poles, the new general manager there, that was a major yep. mistake yep. not staying there and taking uh, Bryce Young. Agreed. We really went on. The Bears there, they deserve it, though. Okay, coming up next, who do we got? The Green Bay, no, Detroit Lions. My, my alphabetical skills today, They're not really good. Just all over the place. They're all over the place. Detroit Lions, my pick to win this division. I'm just going to say this. I think this is going to be, um, and this is a hot take. I think they're going to have a fantastic um, offense, one of the five best offenses in the league. Their offensive line is very good. We know that they were able to run the football at a very effective rate last year. They signed David Montgomery. They draft Jameer Gibbs, who, by the way, love me some Jameer Gibbs. Not only is he incredibly fast and quick as a runner, he's a great pass catcher as well, yep. which is going to really just, add to that offense, which has great pass catchers. I mean, you brought up Amon Ross and Brown. He's in your top 10 um, wide receivers, unreal wide receiver. I I saw uh, what Jared Goff texted, the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, in the offseason. Amon Ross going to be great this year, something along those lines. Also, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, is going to be the number one head coaching hire after this season. He was already a coveted hire last season and decided that he wanted to stay another year. Teams are going to be calling for this guy before the season even ends, breaking rules, tampering rules. Yeah. This is going to be a great team. I agree, but I also disagree. This is going okay. to be a great offense. Okay. I still am not sold on the defense. It was the 32nd dead last ranked defense last year and didn't really improve too much. You got CJ Gardner Johnson. Hutchinson's going into his second year, which is a nice thing. I think he's he'll have a great season. Right. But they didn't draft, use a high draft pick to get a defensive player that, you know, like you said, they got Gibbs. So I, 
I honestly think it's kind of crazy when you look at the Lions last year and you look at the Vikings, the same team. I mean, basically. If anything, the Lions were the better team, but the Vikings were just so freaking lucky with the whole one-score games and and this and that. But 32nd-ranked defense last year, Detroit Lions. 31st-ranked defense, Minnesota Vikings. Right. Offenses. I don't remember off the top of my head where the teams ranked in the offenses, but I'm pretty damn sure they were both top 10 offenses last year. Right. So I think that's what the Lions could be. I think they could be that high-powered offense, and the defense is going to struggle, but... I think their ceiling is they could win 11 or 12 games. I think they what's, could pull that off. What's the linebacker's name? Uh, Campbell, J- Jack, Jack Campbell, Campbell. They drafted yes. from Iowa. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they made some defensive upgrades. I mean, can they be better? I mean, that's basically what it's going to be because they were a right. team, borderline playoff team. The division's weaker this season, in my opinion. I think the Vikings yes. got worse. Obviously, the Packers got worse, and the, and the Bears are just a bad football team. Mm-hmm. They've upgraded offensively and a little bit defensively. I think they have become the team to beat in this division. I don't love how much hype is around them. If we're talking about a gambling sense, you know, right. I'm, I don't think I'm really betting them to win the division. They're my pick, though. I think they're the best team in the division. They're be- almost becoming like the Chicago Cubs of the NFL, where like they've been, you know, losers for such a long time, and I kind of feel like everybody just wants to get on the Lions train. And right. Move. They want to see them succeed. Success. Yeah. Which, by the way, well, I, I hate to bring up the Jets all the time, but the Jets are the same thing where they've just been so awful for so long. But that's what happens. Now you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers and the national media shoves it down your throat where the Jets have a lot of haters already. They're not like the Lions, like feel good, like everybody's rooting for us. You're also New York. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, whatever. I don't care. Win and I'm a Yankee fan, so I'm used to people hating you. You know, as yeah. long as you win, I don't care what people think about you. Um, so let's say he likes to he likes to hate. If you you got to hate, you're doing something right. Some right. crap like that, anyway. So I mean, just to finish up with them, the only thing I really have concerns with on the offensive side of the ball, the receiver depth isn't great. Jamison Williams is suspended for gambling, and good job. He's had some health issues already early in his career. So outside of Amon Ra, you know, you got Marvin Jones. You brought Love back. Marvin Jones. You got Khalif Raymond. You got Denzel Mims they just traded for. So, mm. you know, solid guys. Um, Where's uh, DJ Chark nowadays? DJ Chark is a Panther. Nice signing. I'm a big DJ Chark guy. Kind of random that you like DJ Chark. I really like DJ Chark. Kind of Re- weird. Really, really liked him in Detroit. Wish I would have kept him. You got yeah. an LSU bias or something? No, I do like LSU a lot, though, in college football this year. Uh, Josh Reynolds also on this team. And shout out. God, I uh, love Josh Reynolds. Shout out. Uh, what the hell is that Dude. guy's name? The Farmingdale guy? Oh, what's his name? Thomas. Tom Thomas. Kennedy. Shout Tom Kennedy. Tom there Kennedy. we go. Yeah. Tom Kennedy. And then tight end. Tight end sucks on this team. That's the one thing. But, you know, well, they, you know, they had survive they, without that. They had Hawkinson. But um, that's it. Well, let's go to the uh, Green Bay Packers here. Um. Obviously, I mean, obvious, you know, a little quarterback change, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, love, you know, I don't, you know, I see this all. Love's got some pressure here. Did they pick up his 50 year option? They did, right? I'm not I want to say they did. I'm not sure. But either way, I don't think the pressure's here for, oh, wait, they might have not. I don't know. Or they, oh, no, they worked, they worked the deal. They got a deal right. where they got rid of the fifth year, but like he's here. Right. But, I don't think, you know, like, obviously you want to see him, you know, succeed. I don't think there's a ton of pressure here. Like, this is almost essentially his rookie year. It's his first year starting. You know, 
he's ha- he's been under LaFleur um and Hackett for a little bit. Um obviously Rodgers was there for a while while he was there. He's learned from really great offensive minds. Yep. I think he's going to have a nice year. I'm not on this. Oh, I think the Packers can sneak in and and get a playoff spot or even win this division. I'm not there. But with Watson and Romeo Dobbs, I think that Love can show you that he's a franchise quarterback and the team can have success, you know, seven, eight wins. Right. See, I think that the team, I think that they're, I wouldn't count them out for the division. I, I, I do think that this Packers team, I think Love's going to have a better year than some people think. Now, he's not going to have an Aaron Rodgers type season, but. I think that he could put together a, a, a competent first year. And I think that what you're going to see with this offense is let's not get it twisted. Matt LaFleur is a run heavy coach. I mean, right. you know, he, yes, he came over and, and Rogers had his MVP years here. And I know he credits some of that to Nathaniel Hackett, but of course LaFleur gets credit for that too. But Matt LaFleur is a guy who looks to run a run heavy offense. And I think that's why you see guys like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on this roster is they want that two headed monster and that approach to kind of run it down your throat. And I think that'll take the pressure off of love and listen, the weapons around them. Like we said with Pickett, they're really not that bad. You know, you got, you got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, you know, Aaron Jones. I had him number six on my running backs list. I think he's a great player. Right. Dillon's one of the best RB twos in the league. Christian Watson, you know, he's got a ton of potential. He had a great rookie season last year, came alive at the end of the year. It was a touchdown machine. You know, we'll see outside of that. That's where we get concerned. Okay. Romeo Dalbs. Okay. Uh, the, the, the rookie receiver that I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, Oh my Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed, rookie receiver, second round pick out of Michigan state, solid pick for them. So this team is young. The quarterback's young and I don't even want to say young. This team's inexperienced, inexperienced receivers, inexperienced quarterback, Luke Musgrave, rookie tight end, inexperienced. So that's the part that the coaching staff is really going to have their hands full with. But this defense, I think it's got top 10 defense potential. I mean, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, some of the young guys they got, uh, Luke Van Ness, Quay Walker. They got they got some good pieces on this defense. You're a believer is what I'm hearing. I just think this division's wide open. Division's definitely wide open. I think it's definitely wide open. I see the attraction with the Lions. I, I think the Vikings are uh, – don't count them out either. I'm counting the Bears out. But <laughs> I think that – Let's not just assume this Packers team up. Oh, Rogers is gone. They didn't have a great year last year. Like I think a lot of guys on that team had a down year last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't really see it happening again. Very quickly, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, very lucky season. Obviously we mentioned it so many times yeah. um, winning 13 games last year. Uh, for me with this team offensively, I think they're going to be really good. I think, Jordan Addison is going to be a really good receiver. Obviously, we spoke about how amazing Jefferson is, Hawkinson, whatever, the whole nine yards. I like Kirk Cousins. For me, the problem is the defense. They didn't improve the defense whatsoever. They actually got worse. Uh, It's a bad, bad defense. They're going to be one of the worst defenses in the league. Like you mentioned, they were 31st last year. I think they could be the worst this year. They had Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator, but I don't know how much that is going to add. Not a fan of this team here. Uh, I think... uh, 
they definitely regress. I don't think they make the playoffs. Um, I don't really have much to say other than offensively they'll be good. Not enough to win many games with how many points they're going to give up. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know a lot of people might be saying, well, Merlo, you know, the Vikings defense wasn't good last year either, and they made the playoffs. But like we talked about, I mean, the the one score games record, the the negative point differential, which is crazy. Right. Um, so that stuff's going to come back down to, to the mean. So I think, you know, the offense, you you talked about it. You talked about Hawkinson, Jefferson, you know, you got Jordan Addison. I think the offense still has elite upside. You know, the offensive line is great. They're, it's really, I really think they're like the Vikings 2.0. It's really, even the quarterbacks, I think, are similar. I mean, the, the Lions 2.0. I think the quarterbacks are even similar. It's weird. But Eric Hendricks leaves. Harrison Smith, the guy's going on 34 years old now. You know, he's he's his best playing days are behind him. He was like a freaking 90 in Madden, which, I mean, they, just, they don't even watch football. It's crazy. Yeah, but, crazy. Yeah, they really didn't have anything on defense. So, I agree. I think that this could very well be the worst defensive football. They have to regress. They It is literally impossible for the Vikings not to regress this year. There is no way you can repeat what they did last year right. in terms of those one-score games and, and everything like that. So, I... I don't know if I'd say they're not going to be a playoff team, but I don't think I'm going to pick them to win the division. All right. That's going to do it there for our little NFC and AFC uh, North predictions. Next time we'll be doing the South, which is absolutely brutal. Um, Let's move into some baseball before we get out of here. Um, Start Otani. Then I, I, while we were talking about the NFC North, I was reading an article from, uh, MLB.com reporter about how Verlander is a few MLB execs believe Verlander can be moved now. We'll talk about that in one second because it's just very interesting the teams that are being mentioned with that. Um, very quickly, a trade was made uh, late last night, uh, Wednesday into Thursday. Uh, the Angels went and grabbed uh, Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez from the White Sox, mm-hmm. and they gave up the number two and three prospect. And let me just say this because this means a lot in terms of, you know, Otani, right? Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, said, we're going to buy. We're going to go after it. They took Otani off the trade market. And, you know, Otani had even said, I feel comfortable here. I want to be here, whatever, for the rest of the season. Shoei Otani is the only player in which a bad franchise, was the Angels are a bad franchise, mm-hmm. can make a bad trade, and yet it could be universally loved. Where they're getting love for it. And it's only because of Shohei Otani. Because they're able to go out there and buy and add and try and make a playoff push. Which they should do, by the way. Yeah. And with Otani and Trout coming back. And even Logan O'Hope. I think O'Hope. Oh, uh, from Long Island. Yeah. Long Island boy. Yeah. Um, he's coming back as well soon. They should make a playoff push. They should do this. Yeah. But bad trade. I agree. If, you know, we both said that they should trade Otani, I, I really think that was the best thing for them to do. But if you're going to hold on to him, then this is what you do. You better buy them. You better not just say, oh, we're a couple games out of the wild card. Let's add a couple pieces, you know, little tiny pieces, and we'll be good. Giolito, you know, his career hasn't panned out exactly how we thought it was going to pan out, but still a good starter, a good player in the, in this league. So, Ronaldo Lopez, a guy who was a failed starter turned reliever and has ended up putting together a pretty decent career out of the bullpen. So two good additions for them. 
they need to add more if they want to start talking World Series. Yeah, but even playoffs or play exactly. But it's a good start, and you better buy the hell out of it if you want to keep Otani or just salvage this last year of him. And Otani, a ridiculous game today. I mean, unreal. I mean, complete game shutout, one hitter. Yeah. And then goes and hits two home runs in a game which he actually came out of because he was cramping. Literally like the best game ever. Two games, doubleheader. Best day ever. Best day ever. One of the players, I forget which player said it, but when you have these guys like talking post game, like this is insane to watch. Like this is special to watch. Like, you know, you're watching something special. So I really do hope. I know it's a cliche thing. It's a casual thing to say. I really do hope they get into the postseason, though, somehow, some way. Um, Also, I was reading a report a little while ago that apparently Otani, like, if they are – I think if the Angels make the playoffs, I think there is a pretty good chance he stays there. Yeah. Because the one thing for Otani has been winning and obviously being on the West Coast. And he chose this team originally. He chose the Angels originally. And they've bent over backwards to make sure he's comfortable, to make sure everything's good, and make him feel, you know, just a hundred percent ready to go and healthy. Right. Like there's a chance that he, and I never thought of it. Maybe that he, maybe he stays. Right. I don't know. Plus, I mean, a lot of these uh, guys who have come over from Japan, they've shown loyalty to their yeah. teams. I mean, Ichiro stayed for a really long time with the Mariners. Tanaka stayed with the Yankees for his whole career. Matsui was a Yankee for his whole career. You know, there's a lot of the guys who come over from Japan, they, and I understand it. If I was coming over from another country to play for a, a team in a different league in a different country, and they show me that, that welcoming and that hospitality and everything like that, I'm sure it'd be very tough for me to leave as well. So I think if the angels, I agree, if they, if they start some winning ways, I think there's a good chance that he stays. Yeah. Very interesting. On Otani there. This is a clearly a seller's market, though, as we look yeah. at the trade deadline. Oh, yeah. Um, Time. And for New York Mets, who are currently playing, they are 47 and 54. Uh, could be 48 and 54 if they're able to hold on to this lead here. But it's crazy about Verlander, who has been good, especially lately. The walks are up and the strikes strikeouts are down. But for the most part, he's been good uh, at 40 years old. This is not a guy I would trade just considering what you have on, you know, what you have in this rotation next year. But if you're right. able to pay down a little bit of this contract or half of it right. and get a ton of prospects back, that would be big. And and there I probably would be a fan of doing the deal. But the team's interested in Justin Verlander, the Houston Astros, the Texas Rangers, and the Cincinnati Reds. Along with the Giants, who had you know a couple of days that was reported that they were you know monitoring the situation, but the Reds have the prospects absolutely to get this done. The Rangers have the prospects to get this done. Although the Rangers were interested in him in the off season, and he did not even consider going to Texas in the off season. Maybe it's changed it a little winning. Yeah, Verlander probably wouldn't trade him, but I would definitely listen. I would love to be a Ranger if I was a Major League Baseball player. I mean. I don't think the taxes are anything really down there and really nice, winning, nice weather, really nice new stadium. But anyways, um, very nice. However, 
you do like what's the return? What's the asking price for Verlander now? It's got to be high. It has to be incredibly high. You have to agree to a number in which you're going to pay down. And it's, yeah, I mean, he frontline kind of with the way this seller's market is going, it's going to have to be a frontline rotation, you know, return here. I mean, do you expect, I guess, something I could compare it to just in terms of how many years of control and everything like that? Do you expect like a Luis Castillo type return? Just not no because he's he's older right and, and there it's only a year and a half, but similar. I mean, kind of similar. Right. Well, how many years did Castillo? I, th- I think he's a free agent after this year, isn't he? Well, he signed the deal, but he would have been a free agent. Right. After he would have been. Year. But you know, Castillo's you know a younger guy, and you know, do you really want Verlander after the next season? Right. I, I don't know, but right. it would be a similar return, I would expect. Um, if, I think Robertson. I mean. I think they got to sell Robertson off too. There's not many, you know, elite right-handed relievers on the market. I would go out there and get a ton for him. He's a rental. Same thing with Fam. I think they can get a nice amount for Fam. He's rental. Maybe you package the two of them, get a really nice deal right. back, replenish this farm system, man, and and go be able to make trades in the offseason as well as going and signing um, players. I mean, I understand not throwing in the white towel and and. Baseball is weird, and these teams, we see it all the time, and I'm sure it'll happen this year. A team goes on the run through August and September. They go on a run, and they get into the wild card, and they might even make a run in the postseason like the Phillies did last year. I get all that. That being said, you're 100 games into the season. You basically know what this team is now. They've They're been not making subpar it. baseball for months now. They're 17 and a half games back in the NL East. They're in fourth place. The Braves owned them last year. They're worse this year now, and the Braves are just as good, if not better, than they were last year. So, you know, the path is even tougher. The odds are even less likely. You could tear it down this year, not tear it down. You know, I mean, get rid of some of these pieces like Verlander and like Robertson and Canna and Fam and guys like that, and you could still put out a World Series quality product next season. So, I agree. I mean, I, I'm pretty much from what I'm hearing from you, you're pro sell. Uh, I'm pro sell. I mean, yeah, you, exactly. I, I, you know, I agree, you, and 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 I want the Yankees to sell too. I don't. I'll just come out and say crazy. that right now. You know, in terms of selling, I'm obviously not talking about Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, but we see it all the time. We saw with the Yankees in 2016, you can sell and basically make it a retool and all of a sudden shed a couple bad contracts, this and that, maybe get a couple prospects in AAA that are ready to come up soon. They provide a spark and all of a sudden you're right back in it. So, And there's hope. For the next season as well, and there's hope. Exactly. These guys are coming up and getting the experience, and maybe even playing well. Yeah, yeah, I I hope so. I mean, I especially with this Mets team, you know, want to get a couple more of these young guys up, see what they got. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the Yankees, you know, from what I've read over the past week or so, they're gonna try and buy, but I think they're gonna also try and get under that um luxury tax threshold as well if yep. they're able to. I don't know if they're gonna be able to, but. They'll definitely consider it, um, but we'll obviously, you know, be all over the traded line as Tuesday it yep. is um, approaching, and we'll get the, uh, you know, we'll have the results probably by the next time mm-hmm. we record. I think that's going to do it for episode 102, though. A very nice episode, a lot of football, a little trade deadline stuff here. JM, anything you got to say? Um, 
I don't want to jump the gun here, but maybe next episode will look a little different. We'll see. Yeah, we're hoping so. Some some changes definitely um, on the horizon, and we're mm-hmm. very excited for it. And it'll be a a major boost to the pod, and uh, we hope we can get it done. I think we will get it done. Right. We'll save tease. the suspense. Little tease. Yeah. Talk to you next time.